is Jared Stoll from the Saskatoon Blazers. You're listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast. This is former Notre Dame Hound and Regina Pat Barry Trotz, and you're listening to the Monday Nooner. Connor Ingram making his NHL debut tonight for the Nashville Predators. Preds coaching staff, nothing but positives to say about Connor. Excited to see him between the pipes. And a score! That's just silly! Cole Selinger gets his first NHL goal! And the Blue Jackets lead 2-1! Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 78 of the Monday Nooner podcast. The pod, as always, brought to you by our two co-title sponsors out in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. Two amazing car dealerships. We've got Rosetown Mainline GM and Mainline Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. They've got some amazing things happening this time of the year and some deals if you buy a new or used vehicle before the end of the year, we'll talk about uh, that and some specials in October coming up a little bit later on in the show. But before we uh, dive in, let's let's introduce the guys we've got with us this week and a bit of a different uh, cast of characters coming up. But Shane Belter, how's it going? Big day for you today. Yeah, buddy. You know, it was good. I had the day off today. Went south and shot some cocks. It's probably the only place you can call uh, something a cock and not really be derogatory. But yeah, I know some... Uh, Male roosters, so they call uh, the pheasants. They call, uh, yeah, they call them cocks. So yeah, I went down there today and did that, and it was fun. Yeah, I had a good time and uh, realized how fat and out of shape I am. But uh, all in all, a good day. So just uh, roosters. That's all you were taking down today. Is that kind of the season or or what? Yeah, some roosters and some partridge. Went with a couple of buddies. A couple of buddies got some dogs, and uh, yeah, fun day of shooting and japping. I guess we call it given giving each other the gears all day. So it was a good time. I saw some hunters earlier this week from Quebec oh, down wow. by Torquay, Saskatchewan. They rented a house for a month in Torquay from Quebec, but oh. uh, maybe we'll save that for hunting, fishing, gambling, tirade, collectible segment. Yeah. We'll talk a little Let's go. hunting as that time of the year approaches uh, as we head towards November, but special co-host with us this week. No Barry, unfortunately, Barry from the bold Barney from the bowling alley, uh, not with us this week, but we've got a man from Northern Saskatchewan from uh, Canistano. No stranger to the program, Chris Spabbings. Thanks for stopping by this week. It is good to be back, boys. Very good to be back. A guy's been toiling in the minors, working my ass off, and finally the call come through, and I, I can't be more excited. And I have to say, it's uh, I'm kind of glad Barry's not here. Um, <laughs> it, it'd be a little bit awkward. I've enjoyed listening to him to the last few weeks, but it's kind of like you know when you're you're. Your one of your good buddies breaks up with his girlfriend, eh? And she calls you, gets you over to help with a couple things. And before you know it, you're not going home at night and you're, you're staying <laughs> over and things are good and you're having lots of fun. And then uh, they get back together. And, uh, you know, then you're sitting around awkwardly having beers and and uh, somebody says, so what you been doing? Well, you can't really say. And uh, that would, it would that's what it would be like here. If Barry was here tonight, I kind of feel. Wow. You know, 
you know, I, you know what I was going to say, Babs, you got the call, which is good because you know what happened? It's like Barry is 25 back in the day and we signed him to a 10 year deal, right? Front end loaded. We're at the end of that deal. We can't, you know, a lot of respect for him. Old vet can't just send, but he's getting injured a lot. He's hurt, right? He's hurt all the time. So we got to make the call up. So that's where Barry's at in his career, right? He's getting injured lots and uh, you know, good for you. Young guys, Babs get you up. And I, I want to ask you, Babs, before you chime in, how's the folks, how's mom handling the stardom and the, you know, the, I guess what we've brought to her life. I'm sure it's changed drastically since her little uh, intro clip on the nooner and all the chat chat and japs and stuff going on. You know, it's, it's hilarious because anybody who's actually met my mom or knows my mom um, knows that she is one of the most meek and mild and shy ladies and, and, uh, yeah, now all of a sudden she's got this uh, international celebrity and she she's referring to herself in third person and um, she got a Cadillac with with gold rims and I, I don't know. Um, it's just it's a, it's a little bit weird around the Babbings household right now. I don't know. But dad's dad's taken off to Texas. I think he's, he's had enough. He can't stand her agent. And it's just it's not a good scene. This this might have split up my parents. It's not good. Has has she been working on her autograph, though? They should be getting it down pat. You know, Buzz, you know what? Like a lot of these companies, what they do, they sign these these big deals. We should maybe sign Mearns to a, uh, like get her a COA, which is called like a cert- cert- certificate of authenticity. And we could authenticate her uh, her signature. I think we should get it done. You know, she she's actually gone so far as... He- Boz, you, you, you're going to trade shows, especially egg trade shows where they got the free booths. And there's people that walk around with the stamps. Yeah, Mer- <laughs> Myrna Babbings doesn't sign her signature anymore. She's got a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> got a stamp it. She's actually got people for that now. They just, yeah, uh, want an autograph. She just, boom, stamps it, done, moves on. She doesn't have time for that stuff. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I know Barry's been uh, back to, I guess, our other co-host who's not with us enough talk about Myrna for for a little bit here on the program, but uh, he's been busy. I know he's been traveling a lot. I know, Shane, he's also, uh, he's working on, he's working on a project, and that would be our senior hockey uh right season preview show so barry's been kind of busy in that we're talking all the leagues in the province so yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show but uh senior hockey season preview show is going to be coming out i think next week so i know barry's knee deep in that and also belts i think we can kind of let a little cat out of the bag that uh barry's obviously the insider when it comes to gambling and playing in vegas and 40 dollar wins at the poker table yep we were throwing around the idea babs what do you think of this Having a little Nooner fundraiser poker tournament, calling it uh, the Nooner Classic, but it's Barry's buy-in, $40 entry fee. Just kind of Barry's set amount at the poker table. Do a little charity Nooner poker event. What do you think of that? Do you have to play for like four hours to to win that 40 bucks? Or how does that work? Like, is there special special rules to really drag things out? Or We haven't gotten that far yet. We just thought since Barry's such a gambling aficionado that uh, we do a little spin-off of it and it's we going just, to charity obviously obviously yeah we just got the idea babs that's it like we're just spitballing with you right now like we don't have it all written down well i'm, I'm sorry i'm a details guy i just dive right <laughs> in just trying to just trying to help here i love the idea i think it's a great idea hey why wouldn't a guy hey let's uh let's get into our come up belts and of course a new sponsor from southeast saskatchewan these guys are uh all of a sudden, they're kind of full bore, big partners of the podcast, and we couldn't be happier because I teased that senior show, and we'll let you kind of get into it. Yeah, man. You know, uh, we're pretty jacked up to have Fowler and the boys over at General Well Servicing. 
down uh, down south there on board. You know, I talked to Fowles the other day. He said that actually the uh, the nooner pitch there. By the way, they're still looking for everything. If you if you're in the oil patch or doing anything with the oil field stuff, give those guys a call. They're looking to hire you and uh, sticks and gas too. If you can skate, play a little hockey down there in the Cardiff area and uh, give her. He said actually it uh, the nooner brought him a, brought him a, uh, an employee, so he was pumped. He was all jacked up about it. So super excited to have these wow. guys on board. And uh, yeah, Buzz, like you said, they're they're full bore now. They actually have jumped in and taken the senior show that you, you, you talked about the Barry's working on, and they're going to be the main sponsor of that this year, uh, all the way through. So really pumped to have them, uh, have them on. And, and this, this week in the come up, Hey, legendary SJHL coach here in Sask, Don Chesney. What a weapon. Yeah. People, uh, a lot of people from that, I think they call it the parkland, like York and yeah. Melville. I think you're right. The parkland. He's a weapon around there. He lives in between the two. He coached both programs. He clo- coached the uh, LeBret Eagles back in their SJHL days, which we haven't talked a lot about on the program. But, uh, yeah, he's a legendary legendary coach. A lot of one-liners, a lot of uh, fun talking old-time hockey with him. So look forward to that for sure. Also got some, uh, I think, some senior hockey talk. And, obviously, we've got Babs here from the Wheatland. He's going to give us a little insider scoop. And, uh, yeah, we'll just jump around here a little bit, and we'll try to keep it high and tight like we always say, and we usually never do. But, yeah, it'll be a good show. This one might actually be uh, high and tight. I kind of have a feeling this is going to be a quick and dirty one, but two shows next week, folks, so look forward to that. I can't wait. Boz, you know what? You want to keep it high and tight? Why don't we jump right into the last show recap? Last week, Twirl, 77, Twirl Ray Bork. And uh, yeah, Cathedral Electric. We may as well talk about that right now. Old Spoons back you know, in a couple days in a row. I saw his uh, van in the oh, East yeah. End where I live, getting ready to do a job. He's like waiting for the doors to open. Cathedral Electric van doing a little work on the greens. But uh, Regina and area electrical needs, whether it's something big or, or small, they'll do it all. And, and one of those things you can't monkey around with on your own. No, no YouTube tutorials when it comes to. Uh, fixing electrical uh, issues so give spoons a call great senior hockey player he's back for another year with the uh, belcaris bronx and we'll talk a little more about uh, that league coming up maybe right after we do the last show but yeah last show weapon the uh, color commentator for the arizona coyotes i thought he was hilarious you could tell he's in media because he was so well spoken yeah. uh great great guest great guy tyson nash nash yeah yeah Good shout out to Barry. Barry hooked us up with that one. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Nash was really good. His uh, his son playing for the Lethbridge Hurricanes as well. So I've been, once I kind of figured all that out, I did some, uh, I did some looking around there and uh, yeah. So I'm following, I'm following the, the Hurricanes like I always do. A couple of former alumni. So yeah, checking them out, but uh, he was great. Are you sure he plays there? hundred percent. Okay. 100% Bozzy. Yeah, I actually uh, was lucky enough to be in Lethbridge and uh, see his son's first goal. Um, a couple, obviously, a couple of years ago now with with COVID, and uh, you know, gritty, gritty, quick little winger. Um, you know, plays I think probably a lot like his a lot like his dad did at that age as well. It's got to be tough coming from you know. I mean, obviously, he got the name behind it, but he actually like played in Arizona, like that's where he grew up down there. Right. And, uh, and to get that opportunity to come back to Canada, it's, uh, sometimes a, a little bit tougher. I don't think Arizona is not really a hockey hotbed, but, uh, no, he's doing Getting great. More like it, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, for sure. All the ex pro guys, right. Down Moving down just, there and stuff like that. Yeah. Why wouldn't a guy? 
Why wouldn't a guy? The one thing that uh, kind of stood out for me in that interview, <clears throat> listening to it, was just a reminder about, you know, the, the business side of hockey, right? You know, he was talking about when he was stuck in the Leafs farm system and he was he was clearly their best, you know, clearly their best player. And and they just they just told him, like, you you know, you could do whatever you want. You're not getting called up because of the cap. And um, I get it. You know, it's it's uh, you're, you're making a lot of money. Uh, and, and so there's that. But ultimately, you want to play at the highest level. And just, uh, you know, it's always interesting to hear those stories. You never really know exactly what goes on behind the scenes and, and the business side of things. Yeah, good point, Babs. Just to add a couple more things from uh, from that last show. Um, is it, well, we're not going to be high and tight here. We, you, you let's go, them. Babs. No, that's good. I'm you just know impressed what? he listened. You're really, right. You're really trying to stick, right? And you know Barry's going to be hurt lots this year, so you're just making it. I like it. Give her. Yeah, you keep keep me in the minors, and then you just want me to go out and for a 30-second <laughs> hey, gift. Yeah. No yeah. chance. I'm not coming to the bench. Um <laughs> The one you were you were uh, just to throw a guy under the bus, a, a buddy under the bus. You were talking about the guy from Foam Lake that uh, didn't pay back the case of beer from when he was senior hockey player of the week. Yeah, His name is Justin Boyer, former oh, Canadian Tiger, current Meadow or current uh, Foam Lake Flyer. So more than happy to throw Mister Boyer under the bus for that. Foam Lake Flyer, let's get Quick Dick over there. He'll straighten them out. Quick yeah. Dick's got the yeah. Hey, I want to get in right now. I actually want to quickly transition to the foam Lake flyers because we are going to talk some senior hockey later. Did you guys hear the news? Um, and the reason I bring up foam Lake, it'll come full circle, but uh, the Belgoni Bisons are apparently not participating this year in the Capel Valley hockey league. We talked about how they heard a rumor. We heard a rumor and then it kind of came back at us and they were pissed off at us and, DMing us and saying, call us right now. This is BS. We're having a team. Well, apparently now they're not having a team, you guys. I'm sure you saw this on social media. And the reason is because a lot of their players have decided to look elsewhere for sticks and gas and Balgoni not uh, dishing out much sticks and gas these days. So apparently they lost enough players that they're not playing this year. Heard some guys going to Balcaris, uh, but I think mainly Balcaris got the Raymore guys. But anyway, I heard that some of them, Looking for a deal in Foam Lake. Some of the oh. studs from uh, Belgoni. So senior hockey sticks and gas this year is about as aggressive as I think we've ever seen it, gentlemen. There's going to be some, uh, yeah, a lot of waiver clauses probably put into those uh, sticks and gas contracts this year too. So yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. You might have to strap them back on, Bozzy, get back, get back out there. Yeah, probably not going to happen. I'm uh, like a C-Rec player at best, but no, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's interesting, and I really do look forward to later on in the show talking about senior hockey because we've got teams that are now folding that we're playing. Like I mentioned, Balgoni, there's a couple other ones we're going to talk about. And, uh, yeah, I think the whole COVID and vaccine mandate hasn't completely run its course yet uh, with senior hockey. So excited to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. That's what you call a nice little tease here this week, guys. But uh, why don't we move along? And, and I'm sure Babs, being as prepared as he is, has like 10 shout-outs he's going to rattle off here. So, Babs, uh, shout-outs this week? Wow, well, of course, we got a few. Got a few saved up here. Um, Want to start a little bit of a shout-out to a friend of the friend of the show, uh, Chris Beaudry. Um, you know, for those of you who know uh, know Critter, uh, know that he's, he's sort of devoted his life to to helping people and and uh, doing what he can on the, on the mental health side of things. And um, you know, admittedly, I, uh, I gave him a call here a couple weeks back to talk through some stuff and, uh, 
you know, we talked for about an hour and 15 minutes and, and man, it was uh, one of the best conversations I've, I've had in a long time. And, and uh, just would encourage anybody if you're, if you're looking to looking for somebody to, to talk to uh, absolutely reach out to uh, reach out to Chris Baudry. I think you can hook up with him on, obviously on, uh, on the internet, you can book a book a session and have a conversation. He knows sports, he knows agriculture. And, and uh, that's obviously a huge segment of our, our listeners. So I wanted to give a shout out to him for that conversation and uh, great, you know, greatly appreciate it. So that's, uh, that is one shout out for me. I have more, but I'll pass it back to you guys. Over to you, Shane. Keep rolling. No, but I want to keep hearing Babs. He's just, he's rocking and rolling. He's just, he's hot tonight. He's got the You're saying skin. that because you don't have any. Let's be I honest. I Are got sure? some. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Keep going, Babs. All right. Uh, we'll go ne- next shout out. Uh, another, I mean, another friend of the, uh, another friend of the show through, uh, through sponsorship, uh, ran into Mr. Ryan Danberg at the Eric church concert on, uh, on Saturday night. And, uh, hadn't seen that guy in a, in a while. Absolute beauty treated me and, and, uh, my family very well. And, and, uh, it was back up at Elkridge on Thanksgiving weekend, had supper up there and just, uh, just great to have it back open. And, and as always, whenever he's involved, it's a, it's a first class, first class show there. So, um, was good to see Mr. Danberg and, and a shout out to him. I'll jump in with one, give you a little break, give you a little break there. Uh, Babs and a guy I saw actually never, I don't think I've ever met him, but standing outside to get into the Eric church concert, there was quite a long lineup to get in. Like we must've waited 25, 30 minutes and it was cold and that wind. Anyway, got standing beside some guys. I knew actually Ryan Bender, former uh, Regina Pat and Kamloops blazer. He was right next to me in line. So we got talking and talking a little senior hockey and Monday nooner skates and stuff like that. And then the guy next to him, he's like, Hey, you're from the nooner. And, uh, we got talking. He's like, you'd cover the Southeast. And I wish Barry was here. Cause he loves chirping me about my small town, uh, restaurant talk, but he's like, I know you go to a lot of places in the Southeast. He gave me a little recommendation, by the way, this guy's name is, uh, I think it's Jordan Higgins. I was pretty in one at the time that, uh, pretty in one at the time that I was talking <laughs> to him, we took a limo bus up from Regina to Saskatoon. So let's just say I was feeling good pre-concert, but I think his name was Jordan Higgins. He said, he's now covering the same area. He said, uh, North Eden Seafood and Grill House in Mydale. Yeah, Seafood and Grill House uh, restaurant in Mydale. Did not see that one coming, but uh, apparently it's really good. So probably next week I'm going to swing by there and I'll, much to Barry's chagrin, I'll give my restaurant feedback here on Twirl 79. So, yeah, speaking, speaking of that lineup, I, I don't know about you, Boz, but... Uh... You know, as a forty-year-old, uh, as a forty-year-old guy, I was, I was... <laughs> no, as as a forty-year-old as a guy rocking the dad fashion going in there, I was pretty happy that uh, you know that I was I was worried about um, warmth uh, and not dressing like it was Craven, like it was twenty-one anymore. There was some. Uh, there was some younger ladies there literally dressing like it was Craven in July and how they survived standing out in the cold like that. I don't know. Cause I was freaking cold and I'm built for that weather. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, who I'm going to give it a shout out to this week, Bozzy Val, my mom, VB Val Belter, big shout out. Yeah. She's a big listener to the show. And uh, I made a call the other night to get us some info on a uh, potential guest and she worked the phones hard, like as hard as Myrna worked them. 
and uh yeah we got we got a number and uh yeah we're gonna have a weapon of a guest coming up because of val so a uh, big shout out to her so does your mom like your mom listens to the show i don't think my mom's listens to the show which is yep. uh, fine i guess but uh does she ever like criticize you or like say like you guys are a little offside there or, like any mom nah, feedback no, for 44 now so she just lets her go she's been giving me feedback for 20 years and i think she's just finally given up on giving feedback she starts giving i think she just gives sam and maggie feedback now she feels she can uh she's maybe, got a chance to save them yeah you're, yeah she's got she can save them but i'm a lost cause hmm. yeah babs is nodding there like myrna's been like those guys are a little aggressive yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I I still get some grief over the odd swear word, and then and then uh, yeah, she'll uh, you know she, I know she listens though because she like oh I heard Mike Fowler was on what show was he on because of course you know she's she's wanted to hear about all all about the southeast but uh, yeah so I know she's she's an avid listener now I'm I'm not sure if she she uh, really knows all the senior hockey talk but she she loves the pod anyway and and uh, I guess while we're still in still in shoutouts here. Um, if we got to give some more love to Glenn Ewan because I mean, what 97 people, we can't talk about that place enough. So, um, Belter last week, you're talking about, uh, talking about sledge hockey and, um, yeah. got, yeah. So it got me thinking there is actually, uh, want to give a shout out to Tracy Arnold is her name. She's from, uh, from Glenn Ewan, um, grew up with her. And unfortunately when she was, uh, when she was very young, she was in a, a very serious accident. Her family was, um, but, you know, she has taken that accident and, and really used it to, to, you know, to inspire and, and made, you know, made the most. So um, she's heavily involved with, uh, with arm wrestling. I think she's actually the president of the Saskatchewan Arm, arm Wrestling Association. Wow. And she's also a, uh, the, I believe she's the third goalie for the Canada's women's sledge team. Um, cool, so, cool. Wow. so she needs to be added to the Glenn Ewan sign as well. I don't know. Absolutely. How we need to get some uh, arm wrestling stories on the pod. The last time we had one on, it was Jordan Tutu, and he talked about snapping that guy's arm in the bar yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. It's the only time we've ever talked about arm wrestling, but very cool. Yeah, she sounds like an absolute weapon. Yeah, no, that's that's freaking fantastic. That's really cool. I got another shout out here, guys. Uh, Babs, you mentioned reaching out, reaching out for help, and how important that is, and uh, just to talk to somebody. And I want to give a shout out to a former guest, Connor Ingram who played in his first National Hockey League game. He was one of my favorite guests. It was like twirl five. He's literally driving from Imperial to Milwaukee for training camp, like right during COVID when they first came back. So I want to give a shout out to him. What a great story he is. Uh, he's, he's had some battles too. And uh, he went into the NHL player assistance program nine months to the day that he played in his first game, got his first win and played uh, awesome. So a good guy and uh, yeah, just a weapon with uh, the national predators. So congrats to him. Awesome to see. So uh, last one for me here and, and it's a, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a heavier one. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to a, a good buddy of mine, Cody beach. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, spending his first year reffing in the NHL and, or in the AHL and, and spent some time in the NHL and, um, but I, you know, I think given today's news and, and the, the fact that, uh, his, his brother, his brother Kyle, his, his name was finally finally um, brought out as, as the uh, individual involved in the, in the Chicago Blackhawks um, incident. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to him, and and you know, I, I don't don't imagine he he'll ever hear it, but 
I think it's it's really important. And, and the thing that I, I thought was was um, good, I, I don't I don't know what term to use, but just you know, you, you go on Twitter and and sometimes it's a hot mess. And and universally, the 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 support he's receiving and the, the comments are all positive. Um, and and so I want to want to throw the shout out because you know may, maybe it's not Kyle that hears this, but maybe it's somebody who uh, who has a story to tell um, and and has some has some things in the past that they need to bring forward. And and if if the support that he's receiving uh, can inspire them to do the same thing, then uh, I think we need to mention it and, and discuss it. Yeah, if anybody hasn't watched that interview he did with TSN, it was like twenty five minutes. Um, if you haven't seen that, watch it. It was. Uh, Quite a courageous thing he did, quite eye-opening, just so many things that I took out of that. Like, how did this how did this happen? Like 10 years, like this wasn't 40, it was it was never should happen, but it was 10 years ago, not 40 years ago. Like it's unbelievable that so many people knew this was going on and nobody like I mean, Kyle did what he had to do. He told somebody he trusted, that person passed it on, and then it just like I mean. Yeah, it's it's incredible to me that nothing ever came to this. And it's incredibly heartbreaking that this guy not only kept his job, but he got a recommendation like from Joel Quenville for his next job. And then he assaulted another 16 year old. It's like what they did by not saying anything. I mean, affected so many other people. It's it's crazy that this this stuff still happens like that. And in the meantime, you know, you you heard Kyle got painted with uh you know, with a brush of, um, well, he's, he's got attitude, character issues, you know, not, you know, doesn't try hard and, and all those things. And <laughs> it just, it, yeah, there, there's so many things that were not right about that situation. Um, it's good that it's finally come out. It, it's not being, it's not being shoved under the rug anymore. And, and um, you know, and I, I, I think the family's very happy about that as well. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great, Babs. You really stepped it up, and yeah, shout out to shout out to those guys. I don't think they get through everything. And uh, as always, boys, a uh, shout out's brought to you by Synergy AG, folks over there. A uh, little crop analytics, Boz. You know all the uh, you got all the uh, locations down pat yet? You know some of the things I do know. Shane is their one hundred percent Western Canadian owned and operated. Yep, bunch of Sasky and Prairie weapons. I know they do have a location in Lajord. That's right. Valkaris, yeah, Lumsden, by there the Pants, yep. Yorkton, Govan, Govan, Provost. Don't they have Grenfell. another Grenfell? Yeah. yeah new one coming to Grenfell right on highway number one. So, you know, awesome. when you're getting, uh, you know, inputs for next year and you're deciding what you're going to do and what you need and all that, why wouldn't you use, why wouldn't a guy use the local company? Synergy AG, proud sponsor of the program and shout outs. I got to stop saying program. I've said it like 10, 15 times. <laughs> I've said program, program. I've been really overusing Pilgrim. this week. So tell myself <laughs> to take a seat a little later on in the show. Yes, Well, boys, I might have to take a quick pause here. I'm going to go grab another G-dub lager or lager. How do you say it? Lager or lager? I would say it's lager, but uh, lager. don't quote drank, me on that. I drank all the Pilsners. I have to phone hubs. going to have to restock the fridge. I was telling Babs, can't get all pinned up on G-dubs if you don't got any in the fridge. Right, Babs? It's a tough thing to do. You go uh, grab one belts. We'll uh, we'll keep going here and we'll tee things up into our uh, interview. Be as, right. be as quick as you can. We'll get uh, we'll get rolling into the interview here this week. So interview this week, 
brought to you by our friend Kent Bittner, mortgageformycouch.com. When it comes time to get a mortgage, Bittner's the guy to talk to more than 20 years in the game of uh, providing mortgages. And it's the world we live in now. Nobody wants to go out and sit in a bank and wait to talk to somebody and do whatever and run around. You can do it all from the comfort of your home, from your couch, get that mortgage, get the pre-approval. And the housing market is uh, buzzing here in Saskatchewan still. So uh, when you do find that house of your dreams, you want to make sure you have the mortgage pre-approval ready to go, speed up that process. Talk to the expert Kent Bittner from uh, mortgagefromacouch.com. Bittner Mortgages, Belters back. And uh, let's get into our interview here, uh, Belts. Yeah, what a uh, what a guy! Like, I mean, this guy is an absolute legend in SAS Junior hockey. I mean, chucking boots at, at refs, old school guy, and uh, absolute weapon. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe him, uh, uh, Boz. But uh, I think we just roll right now, ladies and gentlemen. Don Chesney. What we like to do on our show, Don, is just uh, go back to the good old days and relive some stories and memories and. Uh, Obviously going to get into your coaching, but to, to go back even further than that, tell us about yourself as a hockey player. Were you quite the, the stud player back in the day? Well, you know, I guess it, uh, it goes back when I was about five or six. Uh, we had a little creek right behind our ranch house. And uh, it actually, the creek, it was about a mile and it went into Crescent Lake, uh, which is a pretty big lake out here. So when I was about five, six, I'd go out there and my mom would say in the fall, uh, once the ice froze over, you can skate out to the lake, but don't go on the lake because we don't know if it's froze very, very thick and we don't want you falling in. So I'd push a puck out to the lake about a mile and, you know, and then come back. And I did that for about, oh, about two, three years. And then uh, when I got about nine, I went up to the Little Bone uh, First Nations Reserve up about a mile from my place. And uh, my dad would drive me up there on Sunday afternoon. Their games were always at one. So anyway, there was kids there from 10, 12 up to guys 18, 20 years old. And it was we'd go out there and they'd choose up teams and get playing. And you know, I was after about the first half an hour out there, I noticed that the, the goal nets, they they froze poplar posts in the lake for the goal posts. And all of a sudden I seen one net was like twice as big as the other. So I said to one of the kids, I said, What the heck? He said, Well, one of the dads didn't have a tape measure and he froze the post and so I mean once you froze the post and it was good so they actually played uh four periods so you had the 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 net the way so I, I I skated out there for about three years a lot of fun and I actually learned to keep my stick up because you know those kids were a little older than me and a little bit rough and uh, then when I was about 10 I my I'll never forget this was a memorable uh moment for me my mom and dad registered me in York and minor so the first game I got on a Saturday, my mom and dad got a grind feed for the cows. So they give me my equipment. I had my uh, equipment in a onion bag, a green onion bag, if you guys remember what those <laughs> yeah. are. So anyway, I had uh, this green onion bag and I got out in the road. I hitchhiked into York and it, it was really easy to get a ride. I mean, we're talking in the 60s and all my neighbors knew who we were. So they dropped me off at the rink. So I go into the rink and the last year when I was skating, my, my, I outgrew my skates. So my aunt gave me a pair of white skates, not figure skates. They didn't have the pick on. They were white girl skate with the low back. So I walk into this room with this green onion bag and these white skates. So the town kids were laughing at me. They're kind of giggling at me and things. So I remember the coach, his name was Art Gerber. He come up and we were the play and he gave me number 10. 
It was a red number 10 and I pulled that sweater over and I was, that was like big time to have a sweater on and playing in an indoor rink. So after the game, I know we won, it was like nine to two and I got seven goals and two assists. So then the coach said to the rest of the kids, he said, don't judge a guy by his skates. So after that, my mom, she jumped on it pretty quick and she got me a really good pair of skates. And that was my introduction into minor hockey. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that day going in there and pulling that sweater on. I thought I was in the NHL. And, you know, I think that's one thing I've always done. I love the game right from start to finish. So what about your career uh, after those years in minor hockey? Did you play anywhere out after minor hockey or did you start progressing into coaching or? You know what? I, uh, I was pretty good in Bantam. I had a, there was a big tournament in Yorkton and uh, my mom and dad had sent me to a hockey school in Saskatoon to a hub city hockey school for a couple of years. And then my mom, she was pretty instrumental. So she found out a, a hockey school at St. Andrews, New Brunswick, right on the ocean. So they put me on a train and uh, I still got the ticket upstairs in my hockey room, $32 to go <laughs> out to St. Andrews, New Brunswick on the train. But it was kind of ironic because my mom and dad really had no idea how far New Brunswick was. The, the farthest we had been as a family was to Whitewood to a bowl sale. So all of a sudden, I'm like 13 years old. They put me on this train. And my mama, like we, we weren't broke, but we didn't have a lot of money. So I'm like to go to this hockey school for a month. My mom packs me a big sack of egg salad sandwiches and one of bologna. She says, you got to eat the egg salad first because you know why they go solid. So anyway, as the story went on, she also gave me six two-quart sealers of crabapple fruit, like right from the ranch. We picked the crabapples. She made them. So my mom says, if you want to be a good hockey player, you can't drink no Pepsi. So here we got the, cran the crabapple juice. You got the fruit and use the sealer rings for your shit. So I headed out to New Brunswick on the train three days and three nights, like oh. green as grass. So, you know, I got out there and had a heck of a camp. And, you know, just some of my instructors were like Scotty Bowman, Doug Harvey, Camille Henry, Dick Hadfield from the Rangers that I can remember. And I had a heck of a time out there. And then when I came back, I uh, started, I played for the Malvo Millionaires uh, when I was 17 in the old S Saskatchewan Amateur Junior Hockey League. And uh, I was lucky enough to make the All-Star team the first year. We had the All-Star game in Prince Albert. I was the first inaugural all-star game and Sonny Famlock was my coach and Sonny had played for the old millionaires and was drafted by the Maple Leafs so I played with the millionaires for like three years and then I went out to uh, Kimberly Dynamiters of the old Western International League for a year and then I was in out on in Port Alberni uh, they got me a job in the pulp mill and I was playing hockey out there for a year and uh, and had had a lot of fun playing and uh, you know you just enjoyed the game and give her all you had uh, when I was in Kimberley that year, they'd had about five guys who would have been at NHL camps. That was in the old Western International Kimberley, Cranbrook, uh, Spokane was in there, and some pretty good, pretty good senior hockey in those days. And uh, then I came back and I coached some senior hockey out in Salkolts, Yellowhead League. We won a couple of championships. I was player coach, uh, fifty bucks a game. And three free beers and had a heck of a career out there. And uh, it was 20 miles across. So uh, then I coached some minor hockey. And then in 1990, Brad McEwen picked me up. I was assistant coach with the Millionaires. So that's when my junior eight career started as coaching. Well, we like to ask the guys, like, 
growing up when you were, when you were playing, did you, who are the, who are like some of the absolute weapons you played with? Like guys that, you know, all our listeners would know that were like big names in the show. You must've played with well, some Well, you know guys. what, who we played against was Weber and they had beat us out in 77. When Dennis Sobchuk was probably only about 15 years old. And like, he kind of singly handedly beat us back then, you know, uh, there was a lot of good players. And then my second year, as with, we skipped back to uh, 71, 72, I went to Medicine Hat Tigers camp. And uh, the two top centermen there were Lanny McDonald and Tom Lysiak. And then there, there, you know who they are. And then there was a kid, his name was Boyd Anderson. He had played in Weyburn with, with Sobchuk. And he kind of took the number third spot. And then I, you know, I was like a close number four to be honest, or, or a distant five, but you know how it works. They take the yeah. local kid first. And I kind of learned that when I was coaching and, and being GM right to the end that, you know, it's not that easy to make a team because I mean, if, if there's a kid that's living in Regina, he's going to play for the path before some guy that's coming in from uh, Manitoba. So yeah, there's, there's only so many spots, but I mean, I played as hard as I could and uh, had a pretty good, I think I learned lots when I was playing from all the coaches. I, I learned, how to manage people. And uh, I had a lot of good coaches growing up in minor hockey. So when did you have the inkling that you did want to pursue a, a career in coaching? Like you mentioned, you kind of first started with the player coach senior hockey, but at what point was coaching something you wanted to do? Well, you know, I coached with Brad McCune for three years. Uh, he got coach of the year, two years in a row. And then we lost out in 93. We lost out to Flynn Flon Bombers. Game seven at home in the old Malville Stadium, there was like over 4,000 people in there. They locked the doors. It was jam-packed. And we lost the heartbreaker of a series. Uh, we probably should have beat them, but when it goes down to game seven, anything can happen, and we lost. And uh, then the next year, Brad McCune went to the Red Eagles. I took over as coach in Malville. And, you know, I, I, I came so close to winning. Even as a player twice, we lost in the league final to Humboldt back in the 70s. So – you get close to winning and you think, you know, I'd just like to win that, but never did. So then I just kept coaching and, you know, bounced around to, a, to just about every team in, in Saskatchewan, junior A and junior B. I'm supposed to ask you from, uh, from a guy that actually recommended to you to us, Mr. Mark Habscheid. He said, I'm supposed to ask you about your, uh, when you first got the job with the millionaires, he says, he'll have a really good story. Mark Habscheid, you know, I, I met him, we were up in, uh, in Nippo and at a league meeting. So we're sitting around having some pops and a couple of guys are telling some stories. So then it was kind of getting boring. So he said, Chess, uh, you got any stories you can tell us? So this was, uh, and actually this is a lot of my stories that have been known to be a little bit jaded, but this is a totally true story. So it's June the 1st, 1995. I'm head coach of the Malville Millionaires. I played with them for three years, was an all-star. Then I was assistant coach for Thurston, but now I'm head coach GM. So June the 1st, I get into the, into the little office, uh, had a pair of snakeskin boots on, some jeans, a nice black jacket. I had my hair going. I get in there and uh, it's June 1st, like there's nothing going on, but I was pumped to be the coach. So I put some coffee on, had a few pictures. So I kind of hung some pictures on that old picture of Bobby Hull. And John Belleville was a favorite of mine. So I hung those pictures in the room and I'm sitting here, nobody calling me. So I made another pot of coffee, threw it out, says, what, come on. So then I phoned my mom and I said, phone the office, maybe the phone's not working. So on my mom phones, everything's good. So I sit back and pretty excited, like really excited. Eh? 
So all of a sudden the phone rings. But I can tell the people on a party line, it's kind of sketchy, it's sketchy. I mean, we're talking in the 90s. So this lady says, Malvin Millionaires. And I said, yeah, Don Chesney, Malvin Millionaires. I wanted to say that. Eh? So she told me who she was. So she said, could you come down and play for us? So she had a bit of an accent. So I said, well, you know, at that time, the millionaires were doing the odd exhibition game with senior teams to make some money. So I said, well, where and when? She says, Assiniboia, September the 7th. So I looked at our schedule. That's perfect. Like just right in line with camp. I'd still have like 25 guys so we can take the bus. So I told her the expense for the bus. So she says, uh, I says, how many people are you expecting for the, for, for the night? She says, well, depending on combining, maybe 500, but depending on, so that's good. If they get 500 people, we can make some money. So she says, well, would you guys like to stay for lunch after? And I said, well, sure. We'll have lunch. She said, well, what about come up and have a couple of drinks in the bar? So I said, well, there's no way my players can have a drink. But I says, I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I said, I'd stop up and have a couple of vodka with them, mate. <laughs> so anyway, as the story goes on, I'm pretty happy. I'm writing all this stuff down. And she says, what was your name again? So I says, Don Chesney, Malvin Millionaires. So she said, okay, we'll see you September 7th, blah, 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 Cinnaboya. So then all of a sudden she says, wait a minute. She says, my daughter just walked in and she wants to know if you can play some Beatle music. Well, this lady wanted the Malvin Rhythm Airs, the old time polka dance, then, not the millionaires. <laughs> but as you know, the millionaires is pretty synonymous name. And she wanted the Malvo Rhythm Airs. So I felt embarrassed, guys. Like, I mean, nobody can see this, but I mean, I was pumped up. So she said, you know, you sound like a really good guy. What's your name again? So I said, John Gaditza, Malvo Rhythm Airs. So I hung up and I was embarrassed. I didn't tell anybody this story for probably 10 years. So anyway, I phoned John Gaditza. He's passed away since. I phoned John. I give him the lowdown and he went down, he phoned back, he said, hell of a good wedding chest, like over 500 people. So I kind of, I kind of kept that story to myself and I, it was actually embarrassing, but actually it turned out to be funny as heck. And, uh, you know, we're talking about it, uh, like 40 some years later. <laughs> well, everybody that, uh, that knows you always talks about the fact that you got stories and one-liners and, uh, the king of one-liners, but one story I want to ask you about and I'm not sure where it was in your career, but there's a night in Flin Flon and, and you mentioned some snakeskin boots. So um, you wore those boots all the time. And I heard a story that one ended up uh, coming off your foot and uh, at the ref. Well, it was about, I think, 1996, maybe 95. doesn't matter. And we're up in Flin Flon and in them years, Flin Flon didn't have very good teams. But, you know, they were kind of just fumbling around. But they always had their hometown reps because the league wouldn't pay anybody to go up there. So I don't mind mentioning names. Todd Sims was the ref. He's a good guy. I got to know him pretty good after. And he's ref, and he works in the mine up there with all the miners. And his wife teaches school, and the two little girls go to school. So give the Flin Flon Bombers a bad call. So he the, the penalties, and I still got the game sheet upstairs. The penalties are 11 for Malville Millionaires, none for Flynn. So my guys are getting frustrated. Then the score is 5 1, 6 1. He just keeps filling us in the box. So this, this was the year when all the coaches were firing clipboards and sticks and water bottles. So I took off these snakeskin boots and I fired them right across the rink and just missed Todd Sam's head, 
by betcha six to eight inches and it hammered against the plexiglass. So he threw me out and there's like, then them days there was 2,100 fans up there in the old Whitney farm. So I'm walking across the ice with my wet socks and uh, a big kind of a biker guy, his name was Beastie. He was the rink attendant and I got to know him pretty good. So he collected my boots and brought them back to the dressing room. But uh, I think I had a $300 fine and uh, Wayne Cartoon said, good job, Jess. You're bringing some fans in the building, but we got to charge you 300 bucks. So the team paid it. And, you know, now when you go to games, the refs don't let anybody do anything and it's, it's kind of, kind of quiet and kind of dead, but yeah, that was, that was a fun time. And, you know, after that game, we went on, we won about 10, 12 games. The guys got fired up with that. And uh, I just lost my temper and had to do something. So what the heck? Well, I don't know if your buddies with uh, Jamie Fiesel, but he was a millionaire's head coach and he had a pretty good weird uh, outburst there would match his. I'm sure you saw that or heard about that, that I can't remember what year that was, but when he had his big epic uh, meltdown there. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I seen it that night. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's anything that sticks out to you, Don. Like we got a pretty Saskatchewan focused uh, listener base. Any stories that stick out over the years of coaching? I'm sure you got many. You know, there's there was when I was uh, coaching in in Malville, I had Brett Clark from Wapella, and then Brett ended up playing in the NHL. He was with Tampa Bay. He was kind of drafted, or he wasn't drafted. He he played for Montreal, and then he was in Tampa Bay, and ended up with. Uh, with Colorado Avalanche, I think he still works with him. Anyway, he was only about 17 and he was playing for me from Wapella. And uh, Gary Carson, a good buddy of mine from Whitewood, who scouts with Lesbridge Hurricanes, now he got him into Malibu for me. And Clark, he was a heck of a little player. And uh, all of a sudden, I had a guy from uh, Bermidji, Tom Saratori, kind of a, he had the American accent, the Bronx accent, and talking. He said, Chess. So he picked me up in Malibu and we drive out to Wapella. He's going to offer him a scholarship. So anyway, this Saratori guy, he's got like a $2,800 suit on in 1990. We're heading out to the Clark farm by Wapella. We drive into the yard and they're waiting for us. They're going to have supper for us. And uh, there's a grain auger right there and some chickens pecking some wheat by the, by the front of the house. So this guy, like he's from down New York City. He's from out there. He, he doesn't have a clue where the heck we are. We're off the pavement and he didn't like the gravel on the rental car. So I'm sitting there with my jeans on and my jacket. And so they showed Brett Clark a couple of things and to get him to go to their program, Division One. So we're sitting there having uh, having a beef, beef, ro- roast beef and potatoes and gravy. And this guy gets some gravy on his kind of on his cheek, on his lip. And he didn't really want to rub it on his big suit. So he asked Mrs. Clark, he said, Mrs. Clark, he said, you got a serviette. But she didn't have a serviette. So I could see she is like embarrassed. She wanted Brett to get the scholarship. And actually, Mrs. Clark, who her brother was Dave Dunn, who played in the NHL. Yeah. Anyway, so she she knew the game and she was happy. We had a great supper. But this guy, he he instead of him just kind of wiping it down, he asked for a serviette. She didn't have a serviette. And I could see she was embarrassed. And I could see everything was getting tense. I didn't know what to say, but I had to say something. So I says, you know, isn't it funny? I said, if you have to blow your nose, you could use a roll of toilet paper. So I said, Mrs. Clark, if you had a brand new roll of toilet paper, this gentleman could wipe his hands and not get it on his nice suit. So she reached under the kitchen cabinet and pulled out a brand new roll of toilet paper and gave it to him. And he wiped his face down. And anyway, we were driving back to Whiteman and he said, Jess, he said, you saved my life. I didn't know what to do. I said, well, for one thing, 
you're overdressed and you got to be more careful when you're eating gravy, buddy. So it was a funny story. He laughed. We laughed all the way back. And actually, Brett Clark ended up, he didn't go to Bermidji. He went to the main Black Bears and he played there a couple of years. And then he went on to the NHL and had a great career. So, you know, you're, you kind of get into places where you want to not make anybody feel uncomfortable and, uh, and go from there. So what kind of what kind of coach were you like to our listeners? Were you an X's and O's kind of guy or were you just a motivational guy or what was your kind of coaching style, I guess? You know, what? when I well, to be honest, I was. Yeah, I wasn't an X and O's, but I had coached with Brad McCune for two years. I'd coached with Doug Henley for a couple of years in Labrette. I was with Norm Johnson with the Pats for about a month and a half. <laughs> and I, you know, Norm is Norm, but kind of what I did, I tried to learn, take a little bit of the good coaching, the X and O's and put it, I always had my style and put it into my style. And, you know, the way things are going on now with everything, to be honest, probably there was a few times when I I definitely crossed the line of of doing right things or wrong things. But, you know, the the parents and the kids, they always knew I would had the kids best interest and I'd squeeze them. And a lot of kids said when they were asked, how come you couldn't play for other teams and then you had success for Don Chesney? And they said, well, we didn't know if he was going to hit us or hug us, but I'd never hit him. I'd never hit my players. I'd swing at other coaches and I did, but players, I always looked after them. And, you know, if they needed heck, I made them, uh, I got on and made them accountable. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, even to this day, when me and my wife, if we go to Moose out of the spa or I'm in Calgary or, we were in Toronto at the airport going to New York and some guy comes up to me and they look at me and they says, I know who you are. You're Don Chesney. So I look at these guys. I don't know who they are. I mean, I'm, I'm just about 70. So I look up and I says, they said, I played for you way back, way back. Malville millionaires, Yorkton Terriers, the Liberty Eagles, St. Phillips Rangers, Kenora Cobras. So then they tell me who we are. So then I kind of got to know that, after a while, guys would say, I heard you when I was 12 years old in my uncle's basement and down in the rumpus room, you were telling hockey stories and I listened to you for like three, four hours. I'll never forget you how you do it. So then I realized that I had spent a lot of nights in people. Remember in the old days, people's rumpus rooms were in the basement and everybody had the brown shag rugs <laughs> and maybe a shuffleboard table in the corner and, and probably a bar. <laughs> and a hockey night in Canada game on or something. So I spent a lot of time down there telling stories. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. I think, you know what, the biggest thing for me was to have a jacket or a sweater and a team. And uh, even after when I was uh, with the Arctic Terriers, when we were lucky enough to win the Royal Bank Cup, and the guy said, well, Chess, well, what, what is that? You're only making like 45000 But at that time, I was the only GM in Yorkton. There's 27 lawyers, and you know what lawyers all make, but I was proud that I was the only GM of the Arctic Terriers, the hockey club, and, uh, you know, I carried that with pride. And a lot of teams, you go to different towns, and they say, who's coaching the Waver and Red Wings? Who's coaching Nippo? And who's coaching now? Guys don't know. But wherever I was coaching, guys knew I was coaching because if I seen old guys in a restaurant and they started talking to me, I'd give them a business card. Because I always had like a thousand business cards. So if you keep plastering your name out, then everybody knows that you're the coach of the team. So it, it was it was fun right through right through. And you know when you look back, you mentioned Jamie Fiesel, and 
I told Fees one time, I says, you know, if him and me would have went selling real estate in Saskatoon and Regina, we could have sold a lot of real estate, but we are hockey guys. So keep plodding along, riding a bus, making your 45, 50 grand and be happy with it. And I was, and, uh, you know, even till this day, I'm working for the Fort Knox junior B team out of Fort Capel. I'm, uh, my title is assistant GM head scout and I love it. And, uh, we're six and oh, we're playing tonight in Regina. So, uh, you know, I just love the game and love the people. And and hockey, really, what is hockey? It's a great sport that people, their character and your character, if you can combine it together to have some fun, it's all great. You talked a little bit earlier in the show about, you know, coming so close to winning championships. And then you brought up you know, when you guys did win it uh, with the Terriers when you were GM. Talk a little bit about that and just how special that was to, to you know, come over that hump. And obviously you helped build that team. Well, you know what it was? Like I, I said, in uh, 1972, we lost out to Humboldt in Game 7. Uh, when I was coaching with Brad McEwen, we lost in 93 in Game 7. And then in, with the Terriers for two years, I was GM. We lost to LaRange when Bob Beatty was coaching. We lost two years. And then finally we won the, the league the one year. And then uh, the next year when we, when we won the league and then went to the Royal Bank Cup, uh, it was kind of started, we won the league and then we went to Dolphin to Westerns and the first two games we get beat, like we just got clobbered and it looked like we were done. And, you know, we, we kind of howled through and I, I traded for a kid when I was there, uh, by the name of Derek Falloon. And of course his cousin is Pat Falloon who played in the NHL and Derek Falloon, uh, actually I traded him from Swan River to Nipawa. And to be honest, I got him for nothing. He was a throw-in because, to be honest, nobody really wanted him. Uh, he had some personal things going on. His mom had passed away. And, and to be honest, Derek Falloon was drinking too much. And I, uh, I pulled him out of there, and he came to Yorkton, and he scored the game-winning goal to win us the Royal Bank Cup. And uh, when we were in Dauphin about 10 days before the Royal Bank Cup, he didn't play because he had broken his back in the fall. And Trent Gassan, we were going to trade him. And I said, you know, there's one thing about him that I like is he can score. So he missed most of the year. Then he, he'd play three games and then he'd have concussion. So he didn't play in Dauphin. And the night we won the Western Canada Cup in Dauphin, then we went over to the Jelly Bean Roadhouse. And our Dr. Root, he says to Derek Flynn, Derek, you can't even have, you can't even sniff one beer because we want you to play in Dauphin and we don't want you get, having a headache. So he sat and drank Pepsi all night from about 11 o'clock till four in the morning. So then when we're heading back to the hotel, I had, a, I had my convertible. I couldn't, I couldn't probably make the gear shift. I couldn't get her set in. So he drove my car back and I told him, I said, you know what, Derek, this is going to pay off kid because you're going to score a big one. And guess what, fellas, he scored wow. the biggest goal of his life. His stuff's in the hockey hall of fame. And uh, you know what? He wasn't our top six player. He wasn't our bottom six player. He was just right in the middle of the pack. And he scored a goal that, thank goodness, the ref was in the perfect spot because the puck just trickled in and the goalie could have swept it out. And uh, I think that was my time to win because all those other times we lost, we lost, we lost. And you, you, you see the two old guys in the World Series, now one of them is going to win. And I was the old guy. And, uh, you know, when we won that night, I couldn't believe it. You know, we were down uh, – three to one with two minutes and 16 seconds left. And uh, the Carlton trail 
place Canadians, they were just like jumping on their bench and their coach lost control. And I remember my old coach, Sonny Famlock, because when I was a player, I was pretty cocky. And if we'd get ahead like two to one or three to one with the middle left, I was yapping and beaking off. And old Sonny would say, Chester, sit down and shut up and mind your own manner. So I could see that this coach, he lost control. He was hugging his assistants. And then we scored. And then, and then their goalie was so nervous. He was tripping. He couldn't even stand up, eh? And I text my wife and Winnet Orfner says, if we can hold us, we're gonna win her. And we put a, just a weak shot by him. And you know, we you know what? We're lucky to win that because there were some really good teams there and Vernon Vipers. I think they had 16 guys got div one scholarships, but our guys had a lot of heart and uh we we stuck her through and you know, I'll never forget it. There's nights I wake up and still say, Oh boy, we did win it, and I'm still happy. Always have that ring. Always got her, yeah. I want to uh, just kind of flip back. You had mentioned you worked for the Regina Pats for uh, for a little bit as an assistant coach under Norm Johnson. We've had lots of stories on the show. I think it was a fellow by the name of Kevin Blevins who's told a story about uh, Norm Johnson. <clears throat> when he was coaching the Pats, he'd buy chicken after the game and uh, would ended up buying chicken for the whole team and the players would smell it and whatever. And if they didn't play hard, he threw it out the the bus door like you guys didn't earn this tonight kind of thing oh yeah the old stories old norm was norm and you know uh he was we were uh bill hickey was with us at that time and i guess if you guys knew bill hickey he like he liked to talk to me i mean we could get going for about four hours and just go on and on and on we were in uh we were playing the, the pa raiders in the playoffs that year and of course we lost four straight but they're pretty close games and we're in pa and he says Chess, he says, I got a check for PA Northern. I got a check for $2,000. I want you to get a cab and take it up to him. The guy that owned PA Northern lived in PA, obviously. So I get a cab. I got my suit on. I'm pretty pumped. I'm going to go. So I got my walk, knock on the guy's door. And I said, here, I got a check. So I give it to the guy. And the guy says, 2000 He says, Bill owes me like 32000 What the hell is this? Give me $2,000. So I'll never forget that. I kind of felt bad that I just left. I just took the receipt and got out of there. But you know, there was a, a chicken story one time when I was playing out in Port Alberni in the Pacific Coast League and the old coach, he, uh, he was a French guy and we got beat. We were playing in uh, Port Coquitlam. We got beat like six, nothing. And he had chicken. And in those days, like there was no like macaroni salad. It was just chicken and Pepsi. So he had a big box of Hannigan's chicken right on the front of the bus. And he says, yes, Tinky dessert chicken. And one dumb kid said, yeah, I think we do. So he opened up the bus door and he kicked that big box of chicken out. And as the bus was driving away, you could see some dogs pouncing on that chicken. But I mean, you got to feed your guys down. You can't be doing that stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you, you what I said was it crossed the line, but you did it for the player. You know, one of my fondest places I coached was uh, St. Phillips Rangers up on the Kisikus First Nations. And and now I always tell the story when I go up there to the banquets up on, on Kisikus and I went to the tire shop in Kamsack and I got about 15 tires, like old retread tires. And I'd, I had a drill that I kind of made up where I line it up in front of the goalie and then get my defenseman to shoot the pucks through the different size of tires. So you're not like hitting guys in the shin pad. So the guys liked it, it was a fun drill. So after about two weeks, I'm losing all my tires. I've only got like six left. So, 
the Reds guys were coming and they were taking a tire because it was better tread than what they had. So I went to the band office and I put up a big poster and I said, guys, if you find a better tire, that's okay, but you got to bring your old one back. So the guys would bring it back and it got to be kind of funny. And it was just, it was just funny up there. And then another time I, uh, uh, chief Ted Cusance was the chief and we had a big payroll up there. Uh, we could have beat a lot of junior A teams. Uh, we had guys that maybe they, they could have played junior A, but they weren't dedicated, but junior B, they're flying all over. We had practice at eight o'clock one night and, uh, the Zamboni ran out of propane right in the middle of the ice because the rink guy, his son had a barbecue, a birthday party, he took the tank <laughs> off for a barbecue. So there was no way we weren't going to run into campsack. So I just put a couple of pylons around. There's no sense getting frustrated and just, you know, call it the center ice trap and we had practice. And, you know, the biggest thing is when you, my personality, I don't think I could have stayed in, in one town and just coached one team. It was better for me to bounce around and, meet different people and different kids and, uh, you know, fond memories of, of coaching all the teams, no matter where it was. Did you ever have aspirations to, like you spent a lot of time junior A, junior B, did you ever have aspirations to coach at a higher level or were you just happy doing what you were doing where you were? You know what I think? So I think I, I probably, if I would have started sooner, but I mean, I didn't start my first junior A job till I was 35 and then you got older and I had the ranch back here. So you know what, I, I think, you know what, when I see some guys on the NHL teams, like the third coach, I can see he has no personality, but he's kind of maybe good at working to break out or a power play. So, you know what, you know, I was, you know, I'm happy what I did. I pounded her out. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when you get paid and you see some of these guys making 20 million a year, 10 million, good for them. But for me, it was more about just doing what I had to do and fitting in and, you know, uh, being on your show because you know what if I was in Long Island you wouldn't have me on your show because I'd be too famous so I'm with you guys because I'm a good guy and uh, you know you, you you coach a lot of kids there was one time when I when I sat I figured out I had like 12 dentists that I had coached and of course you put like Blaine Locker played in the NHL Brett Clark Dwayne Zinger a couple other guys with little handfuls of games but you you guys know you got to be pretty good to play in the NHL and I mean, you know how many Regina Pack guys that are playing right now are going to play in the NHL more than a few games, a few, but very few. And, you know, I was happy no matter I, where I was. And I remember when I was with Norm with the Pats and we played in Red Deer and uh, that was like 95 and the bus drove into the rink, into the, the Red Deer rink and you got off and there was a red carpet. Then the next year I came back to Malville and I got fired. So then I went to Kenora Cobras and we were playing in Cairnport in the old Sparrow Gardens in the old airport hangar, like junior B. And like, I still had my snakeskin boots and my jacket on, but it was like minus 44 in there. And the referees come up, there's about 12 minutes left in the game. And he says, the score, you're winning 6-1, we're playing straight time because it was so cold. And I remember after getting on the bus and I was cold and I said, well, last year I was with red carpet and we were in the rink, the bus and now there's sparrows flying over my head, and I'm in junior B. But you know what? I, I sucked her up. We went down to Assiniboy the next day and won. So, yeah, I, mean, I just loved where I was, and I loved the game, and I, I still love being in the rink and uh, scouting and, and following teams. You still have those boots? I got them upstairs, yeah. <laughs> John, what do you think about, you know, from back in the day to today, how much the game has changed? Uh, some positive, some negative. 
What's what's your views on it? Well, I, I think there's no doubt it's you know faster and it's it's you know the, just the way things are. But I remember I got uh, my my mother saved all my clippings, and my wife the last year she made some collages out of them, and I have a, a third story in the house here with all my hockey stuff. And uh, I remember 1970 our home opener in Malville in the old stadium against the Moose Jaw Canucks. And there's 2,700 people there for the home opener in junior A. And of course, against the Flynn Flunt series, there's 3,600, 4,000 fans. And then even when we won the Royal Bank Cup here, you know, we were filling the rink 2,200, 2,200. And now I go to games and there's 360 people in the rink. So, you know what, the interest has died off. I think what so much hockey on TV, so much baseball, so much football, so much Netflix that, you know, the, the spin of the game is, is, is gone. And, you know, I can just, I can just see that and feel that. And I, I kind of feel sorry for the kids that are playing now because there's nothing better than playing in a full rink, no matter who you are. Do you think that the, I'm not going to say the toughness of the game, but like fighting obviously has been, you know, removed from the game. A lot of, like you see, like coaches, emotions and stuff like that has really been removed from the game. Do you think that has a big impact on stuff like that? Well, it's, it's huge. And I mean, you know, there's not going to be line brawls like when I played back in the day when there was a line brawl, like every, you know, that was probably a little over the top. But I, I've watched quite a few games this year, triple A, a lot of double A games, a lot of junior B games, a few junior A games. And even in triple A, which is pretty good hockey, you know, because a lot of those top kids are going to play in the Western League. And it's, if there gets anything heated, the referees just skate over to the penalty box. And, and I asked them, what are you guys doing? They said, well, it's a cooling off period because they don't want things to boil over. There's nothing boiling over. There's two refs. There's like six penalties in the game. So I think the game's over refs and, uh, and there's no emotion. And, and, and you guys are aware of that if the Yorkton Terriers are playing Malvo Millionaires. And I was lucky enough to play for Malvo for three years, coach for six I was in Yorkton GM for eight years. So I spent a lot of time in both those towns. But if, if Yorkton's in Malville, and if Yorkton's win in eight to two, Malville can't start two or three fights at the end because they get suspended and the coach gets fined and those players get suspended. So the old guys say, oh, Yorkton don't care, Malville don't care, because the old guys don't understand, like, at least if you had one fight at the end of the game, then people say, well, they're going to try hard tomorrow. So, you know, the powers that be taking a lot of that away and, uh, you know, and then when you when I watch a lot of games in junior A now, the score is one nothing, two one. Because guess what, guys can't score, and the, anybody who can score is, and skate is in the Western League. So a lot of the games are a little bit not as exciting as they used to be, and the toughness and the physicality is taken out. So I guess it's it's just the the, the, the times of hockey. You mentioned you're kind of located between Yorkton and Melville, and you were on both sides, obviously for substantial periods of time of that rivalry. What was it like being in the middle of that and on both sides of the Yorkton Melville rivalry? Well, it was, you know, I remember when I was in, first of all, when I was in Melville in the earlier days and uh, we swept Yorkton four straight in the playoffs. And uh, we went back to Melville and Dr. Bassinet was with the team. So he took us all out to the Flamingo and had a couple of beers there. And then we went out to the Prince William. So we had swept them. There was a band going and, I had 16 Pilsner beer sent to my table. 16 fellows without a word of a lie. No, I didn't drink them all. I maybe drank one. But I had 16 beers because I was the hottest thing in town. And that would have been about March the 20th. 
But next fall, I went two and eight and I got fired. So that's hockey, you know, guns and coaches are made to be fired. And, you, you, you know, you think you're at the top end of the thing and then you lose a couple of games because your goalie can't stop the puck and you're fired. But, you know, that, that's what it is. And, you know, I see a, a lot of guys, you know, that if you guys check that coach junior A and, and probably maybe even in the Western League, if, if they coached a year or two and had some success, but they got fired, they just packed her in. They went and did something else. But, I mean, I've been fired a few times and teams went bankrupt and folded. I got fired in Malibu, LeBret Eagles folded. Uh, I got coached there in junior A and then they folded. That was a hard time for me because the next year when I wasn't coaching and my players were all traded, they were on waiver and they were on Malibu, they went to the dispersal draft. So I kind of was like ripped, ripped it apart because I had a good thing going there that last year when we turned the team around. And, and, and had a good run there. But, you know, it, it, that's what it is. It's the hockey's changed. And the main thing is I've kept the pretty good response with kids. And if I see kids on the street or anywhere, they say hi to me. What's, uh, what's some memories from the Labrette Eagles? Obviously, it was like, I think, eight years they were in existence, uh, eight or nine years. We don't hear too much about them. Like, they don't come up too often. You hear the name every once in a while. What was that franchise like? And any, any stories from those days out there? Well, it was a lot of fun. And actually, when I was with Brad McEwen in Novel, we were playing in, in uh, Labrette one night. And uh, Noel Starblanket, who's passed away, he was kind of the leader down there. And uh, the, the, the Eagles, kind of the Eagle management, the chief and council, they had a booth right at the top of the visitor's bench, like right on top here. So I was uh, coaching in Novel and... Uh, all of a sudden, they were yelling down at that. If you can imagine Brett Clark, he was only like 17, 16 there, yelling at him, yelling at him. I, we were it was in a tight game, and I couldn't have them yelling at him. I couldn't really do nothing because they were up above me about six feet. So I had a kind of a caramel-colored leather jacket, kind of a Reggie Dunlop. Like, <laughs> if you wore it down now to the bar, guys would laugh at you. But in those days, it was pretty flashy. So I didn't know what to do, so I got the water bottle. And I poured it over my shoulder and my back. So then it just, the caramel, it just showed like, so I called a ref and I said, Noel Starblank could pour water on me. So then he thr threw all those guys out of there. Eh? So we ended up <laughs> winning the game. So the next year I got fired in Malville, went to Kenora Cobra. So then after that, Kenora was, I was, I wanted to get back to Labrette. So I just phoned Noel and I said, Noel, Don Chesney here. I said, there's no sense me sending in an application to coach because it's going to go through you. And I remember I kind of accidentally got you thrown out of that game when I poured that water on my shoulder. So he said, you're hired, Chess. We want you on our team. So I kind of laughed about that. I had, I had a good time with my Brett guys. They played hard. I had Tyler Chance, who uh, he was a native kid from up north of Bovell. And I brought him in, and he won the scoring championship in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I was a 16-year-old. He was in PA, and he got caught shoplifting. And then the next year, he couple of years, he just left the PA Raiders. So I went up and talked to him as a 20-year-old, and I got him into Labrette, and I kind of turned him around and, and, and looked after him. And he won the scoring championship in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and he actually got helped me get coach of the year there. So... That was the last year, and then they folded. And, uh, you know, we we took uh, midget teams to Toronto for three years. In the May long weekend, we'd take all our recruits to Toronto, play a tournament there, and then take them to a couple Blue Jay games. So 
you know, the Eagles, they were kind of like the New York Yankees. They were, they were spending money all over. And uh, <laughs> it was too bad that the franchise folded. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's the way it was. But I was glad I coached there. It was a lot of fun. Now, you mentioned kind of a, the tactic with the water on the jacket. One of our former guests, uh, Kurt, Kurt Wickenheiser, had a very brief coaching career. And he said he would give his backup goalies pennies. Mm-hmm. to throw on the ice to delay the game if he needed uh, a timeout or whatever to get the linesman to go pick him up. But any tactics or anything you did that might have been a little uh, against the rules or anything like that to get a little advantage? Well, you know, when I was coaching in Malville, I had a guy in the back there, and uh, he was a pretty good guy. And uh, every once in a while, like, if things were getting, like, the last few minutes getting on hand, he could he'd flip the power breaker off. <laughs> And then the lights would dim and, and then they'd go right back on, but then they'd have to call a thing. But the, the league got wise to that. And then they, you know, we got a kind of letter that you better not be doing that anymore. Just flip the breaker off for a second. And then those neon lights would take like two minutes to warm up. So we used yeah. to pull out a little bit, but you know, you, you do whatever you can do. Uh, you know, I remember one time I was, I forget who was ref or maybe uh, Brad Howard, I believe, because I always had a pretty relationship with him and, we were playing the Mal one night and I, uh, I called the timeout and I was kind of taking a long time out on the bench. So then he came over and he says, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yes, let's go. I said, you know what? So my goalie can't stop the puck. I had a 77 Eldorado Cadillac, the rear end went in it. I said, you know what? I'm having a bad day here. Give me another 30 seconds. So he did. I, I had a good rapport with all the ref and linesmen, you know, and I think they knew that if I yelled at them, which I did occasionally, they knew that they were falling asleep or, or buggering up, missing a call. I didn't just yell at them to be ignorant. And then, so when you did yell at them, you, you, you got some respect. I eh? uh, certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. My pleasure, fellas. Thanks, Don. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Take care. Interview wrap-up this week, Don Chesney, Ches as they call him. Shane, we should give some love to his wife, too. I think her name is Casey, based off her yeah. email. If wasn't for her, we would have never got the Zoom hooked up. She was nope. the uh, the technology getting that set up on uh, <laughs> his end and his dial-up internet. So, uh, yeah, big thanks to him and just a fun interview. And before we get into our uh, interview wrap-up sponsor, Shane, I just want to say, you know, there's going to be a lot of people saying, Oh, you should ask them about this. You should ask yeah. them about this. Because I know there's a lot of guys out there that played for him at one point. So let us know what we missed. We'll write it down. We'll get them back on. Maybe we'll get them live sometime uh, when things kind of blow over here. We'll be at a junior game somewhere and hook up with old Ches. But uh, interview wrap-up. Yeah, Boz, interview wrap-up. 2020 Geomatics. Malcolm Vanstone and the fellows over there and girls, I should say, as well, over there. If you guys are looking to carve out some land, a single parcel, anything Give these guys a call. Malcolm's an absolute weapon. He's helped us out a lot in the pod. Big supporter. We love him. And uh, you guys should too if you're doing any work. Keep your money local. These guys support a lot of local projects in Saskatchewan. Malcolm Vanstone and the team over there. Make sure you're doing it right. 2020 Geomatics. Why don't we get into Take a Seat, Son? I like it. Then we'll do our senior hockey uh, talk this week. Tee up next week's season preview show. But Take a Seat, Son, this week for the Rusty Shovel. Uh, Sean Stefan and his team belts. What's the guy do this time of year? Get ready to uh, get some landscaping materials for, for the spring. Like, can you go see Stefan well, and get your stuff picked up? Yeah. What do you- get, get buzzing right now. You know what? There's still lots of daylight left. It's warm out still get those projects done. Get the, get the stones in the ground. So you know what? Next spring when you're like, 
it's getting warm. You want to hit the lake tops off, get the tarps off. You want to hit the puddle. You don't have to worry about landscaping. Mama's mama's going to have the bikini on boom. You're on the lake on the boat. You don't got to worry about your landscaping projects because you did it this fall. And Stefan's got all the material you need to get it done. So get down there, pick up your stuff, get your job done. So you can enjoy the spring next year. Babs, what do you got? Take a seat this week. Let's go. Got a couple. So let's start with Mr. Shane Belter. So I'm going through the old Twitter machine here this morning. And the first, one of the first things I see just bright in my day started off exactly the way I wanted it to. So Belter's in a, con- a Twitter conversation. I already know where you're going with this. Yeah, well, how do you not? How could you not know, see that with this one coming? <laughs> So, so he's in a conversation with Ryan Tunnell, who I, I'm, I haven't met. And Absolute beauty. Nick Dick. So obviously everyone knows quick Dick McDick. So so Shane Belter said, makes the comment, uh, he might be doing the Dalai Lama two-step with Mrs. T by the end of the night. <laughs> Dalai <laughs> Lama. Probably corrected. Nick uh, McDick. It's the uh, Tony Lama two-step. So Shane Belter, for not knowing the difference between a famous boot company and a famous spiritual leader, you should take a seat, son. Take a seat, son. Yeah, no, that's I agree with that. I can't even argue that one. Babsy, Have that another gummy. One. Have another gummy. Hey, sometimes you try to take 10 milligrams. Sometimes you accidentally take 100. That's what <laughs> happens, boys? Here she goes. I, uh, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. I got it one. I'm going to tell, well, it's just a generic kind of guy, but there's one guy in this uh, Zoom who does this. So I'm going to tell the guy to take a seat who calls his wife mom. The guy, because he's got kids, calls his wife mom guy. Yeah, mama made me supper. Belts does that all the time. And I know I'm lots two of people take seats tonight. The guy who calls his wife mom, even when the kids aren't around. Tell Don't call her mama. Call her seat. mama. Hot mama. <laughs> All right. No, you can, you can give it to me, boys. Light me up. I love it. Take a seat, son. Hey, you know, I'm t- you know, he's taking a seat again this week. We've, we've, this guy, this is just a generic guy as well. I had to go down to uh, Auto Electric the other day to pick up some small parts, just uh, some fuses for a furnace job I was fixing. And uh, I walked in there and the guy, I don't know what I had said to him. And I said, oh, I sorry, I got my, my rental truck out there because my truck was uh, up in Rosetown doing some, uh, getting an oil change done. And the guy says, at least you don't have a backwards hat on with your white sunglasses off the back and your jacked up diesel. So what he said to me, I was like, oh my God, we've talked with this guy on the pod. So that guy, again, can just take a seat because everybody thinks you're a D-bag. Good one. I got, uh, go ahead, Babs. I got uh, one more. So, you know, mentioned the the big concert and I get it, Saskatchewan. It's been a while since we've had a thing here um, where we've we've brought a bunch of people together. But for the love of God, it's not that hard to get out of a parking lot. Like, is it really that hard to understand how we orderly get out of a parking lot? So to everyone that doesn't understand that, just stay in your seats at, in, inside the audio, inside the auditorium, so the rest of us can get out of the parking lot, and then you can get through your cluster, you know what, and get out of the parking lot. It was brutal. Had a tweet sent into us from a guy from my hometown, former captain of the Wilkie Outlaws. Heard he retired. Uh, he's actually on our program back on twirl number two, but he tweeted, uh, "He's got kids now." Used to make fun of denim jeans coach, but now straight from work, I became denim jeans coach. 
life comes at you fast. So uh, take a seat to all the minor hockey dads who wear jeans and buzz around with the kids. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we can all think of a coach that had their Wranglers on back in the day. Yeah, I love it. I knew they were going to be a bit of a wagon. Hey, let's get into our senior hockey segment this week. We do have a lot of news coming at us hard and fast. If you're uh, listening right now and you want some love on our senior hockey season preview show for your team or for your league, you're going to want to get at us here uh, today because yeah. we are starting to record that senior show tomorrow, uh, Friday here. So if you're listening to this Thursday and you have an update on your senior hockey league, get at us before Friday evening and we record so we can give your league or your, your team some love. So we are going to talk a few things here this week in regards to senior hockey. So Shane Belter, my question to you to kick off the senior hockey segment this week, should the Monday nooner take any responsibility for the, the uh, dissolution of the Belgoni Bisons? I know it's a hot, it's a hot button topic boss, but I don't think we do. You know, it's not, we don't control the accounting over there. And if the sticks and gas are, I mean, is Austin Matthews going to re if, if he's an unrestricted free agent, is he going to resign in Toronto for 6 million when he's getting offered 11 million somewhere else? Like, let's be honest. There's not much we can do about it. I will say that, I mean, good for the players, but some of the sticks and gas that you're hearing, it's a bit ridiculous. Like nowhere else, but Saskatchewan is that a thing, which I take pride in as like Saskatchewan senior hockey, but I mean, I it, it might might be getting a little out of hand, but uh... yeah, I kind of always thought that you play kind of in your hometown, regardless, right? Like if you're from there, you're back in the area. That's kind of where you hang your hat. You you battle her out with the boys that you played minor hockey against your whole your whole life that are playing in their hometown and senior, and kind of thought that's how you kind of mucked it up and 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 uh, and gave her that way. But times are changing, boss. Doesn't look like that's the case uh, this year. So the one thing that uh, I kind of wonder about this year is, you know, as, as a manager of a senior hockey team um, and, and just from a fundraising standpoint, where the hell's the money coming from boys? Like yeah. you can't, you can't do anything. Like, I mean, you, you you're not going to have a dance where everybody's got to wear masks and, and, you know, so I, I'm just, that's the thing that I'm, you haven't been able to do that for a year and a half. I, I, that's what I'm wondering is, is where's, where is the cash coming from and what happens when it runs out halfway through the season for the odd team? Cause you know, it will. And if there is a dance fundraiser, is Myrna going to be doing the Dalai Lama two-step? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's uh, maybe somebody won, maybe somebody won the lottery. We don't know about maybe it's one of those hush hush lottery wins and they want to hang a banner. Never know. You never know. I know, I know that you do hear some teams who are able to kind of pocket money over the years. Like if they have good crowds and runs or fundraisers from the years. And I guess there wasn't any money spent last year. So maybe teams held on to some money that they had. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think there's too many teams rolling in a bunch of cash. I think you're right. It's a lot of uh, sponsors or farmers or whatever in the area, but yeah, it seems a little outrageous. Some of the sticks and gas uh, this year for sure. Maybe. Maybe they're phoning Chesney to book a book a polka, yeah. polka, polka concert. Yeah, what was that guy's the name? Uh, I can't uh, remember. I have to listen. Can't remember. Oh, oh, it was party funny. line. Yeah, hey, you know what, Boz? I'm gonna hop in right now. You know what I got from uh, from senior hockey for the soiree? I got some info down from the Nauticue. 
that they are rocking and rolling again this year. They're back in business and they are going to be uh, like the fully vaxxed thing. They have to be. And uh, yeah, it sounds like not going to be a problem and they're ready to rock and roll. So that's, uh, that's the word I got out of the Nauticu. Okay. I'm going to throw some uh, things at you hard and fast here that have come in throughout the last couple of days. And like I said, if we don't get to them all, Today, our senior hockey season preview show, we'll try and touch on every league here on that program next week. It's going to be a big show, so look forward to that. Um, the Langenberg Warriors of the Sask East Hockey League were prepared to play this year. They are now out, so is Hudson Bay, like we reported here with the insiders uh, insider trading last week. So the Sask East is down to five teams. Ooh. Told that Langenberg is out due to vaccine uptake. And only having 11 committed players, pretty hard to uh, run a team with 11 uh, with other commitments and such. So they've decided to go down to a 12 game schedule. I think they were 14 or 16. Now they're down to 12, hoping to get a revised schedule out this week for the Sask East Hockey League. Uh, Babs, thought maybe you could touch a little bit on the Wheatland. I heard that the Jansen Jets are taking a year off now. We hadn't reported that uh, on the program. Was that some news you were going to discuss? Yeah, absolutely. So that was uh, confirmed today. Um, so the Jansen Jets playing out in Nokomis uh, are taking the year off from the Wheatland League. I think they were uh, short on short on some numbers, short on some players. And and uh, whenever that happens, I think it's it's pretty easy for those players to see the writing on the wall. Um, so do you think that had to do with vaccine numbers or no, just I, general? Just I, I think just in general, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hike even from Saskatoon and to Nokomis and and uh, um, yeah, you know, don't know don't know all of the all of the details, but we clearly need to uh, redo our schedule here. So my uh, the old Gmail inbox is filling up um, as as we speak, and we'll need to figure out how we're how we're going to go about that. Seeing as how the Tigers are supposed to be in Johnson to kick off the season on the sixth, I guess we have the weekend off. I know you're a Canistano Tigers guy and uh, helping run that club, but what's the, is Wadena? Do they have the wagon from last year? Did they lose any of the horses there? Is it pretty much one final run for those guys, or what have you heard out of the Wadena Bakery? I think they added a couple of ponies there. Yeah, added some more. Yeah, they added some more. Yeah, they got uh, they got one of the hopes uh, coming there to uh, to anchor their uh, anchor their D line, and and uh, that's going to help them significantly. So. Um, they did not take a step backwards. That is for sure. And is Ricky their goalie? Like I know he was coming in last year. Do they? Is he back? Do they have a different guy? Unsure. You know that I'm not sure of. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure of. But I I haven't heard anything otherwise, and and um, I haven't heard of anyone else going there. So with a lineup like that, I'm I'm I know they'd have have someone there. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to speculate and say that Ricky would be back there. Good stuff. Uh, more hey, messages. Okay, go ahead, Shane. Sorry, Babs. I was just going to ask you. You got any? Uh, you got any word on provincials? Is it going to happen this year or not for senior? I don't know. Um, I mean, right now, as of right now, uh, the my understanding is that hockey Saskatchewan is is a, uh, exhibition games, which, um, you know, if if that's a sign of the future. You know, even if you have two teams from two fully vaccinated leagues, which, you know, they pretty much all are now and they're not, they're not wanting us to play. They're not wanting us to play uh, uh, a senior game. We were going to play that basically the town 30 kilometers away and, and they're in a fully vaccinated league. And 
um, we were told that it's not recommended. So if that's where it's at today, um, you'd have to think provincials are a stretch at this point. Babs, I want to run something by you. This is just a couple buddies sitting around having some G-dubs. So Shane and I and Barry have, you know, just shooting the breeze a little bit. And this is just a hypothetical, just a spitball, just a, a spitball idea here. So provincials doesn't happen. Okay. Everybody always talks about who's the best senior hockey team in the province, right? It's very hard to decipher that when teams don't have their league teams, they make provincial teams, they load up, there's a unlimited imports, whatever. So the age old question, who's the best senior hockey team in the province? What do you think about a Monday nooner exclusive invite only tournament of the best senior hockey teams in the province? One weekend, maybe four days, get the best teams together. What do you think? You think something like that could work? I'd love you'd you'd love to see it. Um, I know Manitoba. That's the way they do it. Basically, is is that all the 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 champions from all of their senior leagues yeah. get together and 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 I believe they play in like a weekend long tournament to kind of crown the 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 best senior team. And I mean, can 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 you imagine that? It's a no brainer. Like the bragging rights that would come out of that because you're 100 right. Um, winning, you know, winning a, as, as whatever team, whatever town doesn't really mean much if you've combined three teams to, to build that team, right? Like, you know, it, it doesn't say exactly. And, and I think, um, I think there are some teams that are that, you know, that get on a roll and, and maybe don't have, you know, maybe don't have the horses that you look at their roster and, and you think, well, that, you know, they're not going to compete with a team from the long Lake league or whatever, but I think you boys know when, when, when shit's clicking, it's clicking. And, and if you got guys that are, that are working hard and they come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, you never know what's going to happen. Right. And if nothing else, you, you'd have a pretty good idea of, of who partied the hardest after winning their league. That would be a pretty good sign. I too. don't, I don't know. I don't think do they would pass. Yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how we do it, but listen, our idea was too, is like, let's not give it sig- all away. Well, I'm just going to say it would possibly be a significant, financial gain for the winning championship team so it's going to be serious and me because i'm ring guy that i already told i already told bozzy i'm going to look into it we'll get some nice championship rings for the winners maybe get like a little cup for the for the fellas to drink out of that night and uh, yeah no, i think it'd be a good time i think uh, i think that'd go over real well i mean ultimately most of hockey in saskatchewan everyone kind of knows everybody and if nothing else you've guaranteed an absolute <laughs> Up, right and, and a chance for <laughs> chance for a bunch of buddies to get together and compete and bragging rights and uh and get pretty twisted up i mean the only thing on. is i don't think you can do every like there's how many leagues eight nine ten leagues i mean nobody can can take a week off work and play in a tournament that you know what i mean so i think you need to narrow it down to like the top four from the nooner top like it it gives teams something to play for and a reason to to uh you know we have a playoff one game playoff just like baseball that's not a bad idea you break wild card knockout wild card yeah yeah wild card knockout something there it seems like a ton of work which is fine with the right people in place but i definitely think it's something that people would enjoy and something that would be well received you uh if you base it on uh you base it on the nooner top four yeah you, you like be prepared for death threats like that, that that's a lot of heat on you boys you better get that right that's why you need the wild card right you stick the, the top out of all the leagues even if say if there's 10 wild cards 
winners go five teams set it up just like the memorial cup and away you go i was thinking like top two from the nooner rankings get automatic entry and then teams three through six like there's two games yeah. winner take yeah. all to get the last two spots like three plays six four plays five hey babs if that happens i mean i want an audit on how many uh how many uh <laughs> Donuts, Wadina Wag, swinging your singing your way. Like I want, I want forensic hey. accounting on on what we'll, what what's going underneath the table here, boys. Like we'll get you a media fine. pass, Babs. <laughs> You'll get donuts too. Don't worry, in the media well, room. That's all I'm really going for there. That's perfect. I'm good then. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Well, we're gonna keep that. Uh, leave it at that for now. But we think there's uh, think there's something there. Anyway, a couple more quick senior hockey things, guys. Uh, the Kindersley Clippers. I think they're going to be a wagon in the Sask West, especially if the Wilkie Outlaws lost uh, some of the guys we've heard they've had. Kindersley let us know some of their uh, imports include the Derzinski boys, David and Darian. I know the one played in the NHL for sure. The other one was a good junior player too. Um, Preston Kopik, one of their other imports. And our buddy, he's a local, Steve McIntyre. He's a local for the uh, Kindersley Clippers from obviously where he grew up. So they sent their full roster. Looks like a, a really good team. So I think Kindersley, if there was ever a, you know, a year in tournament, they'd be vying for a top spot too. So wow. When uh when you when you send your roster over to the nooner well before league play starts, that's some BDE right there. They're they're they're, they're swinging, they're swinging, they're they're showing you what they got. Yeah, no, they're feeling good for sure. So yeah, I think we'll wrap up our senior hockey top with talk with that this week. There's a lot more to get to. And like we said, next week, uh, tune in. For the senior hockey season preview show, we've got a lot of work to do, Belts, over the next yeah. uh, day. It's a big project. So, yeah, folks, if you have any last-minute info, send it over. Yep. And as always, guys, Sport Clips, big sponsor of the Senior Hockey Soiree. Big shout-out to them. Babs, you might have to go there for a quick bick. That's all you'd probably need. Maybe you'd go for the MVP treatment, get that uh, hot towel in, uh, on the old salad there and uh, make her nice and Nice and soft and butter up. But uh, yeah, you need any haircut, anything done over there, go see the gals and gals and guys over at Sport Clips, Regina and Saskatoon. Hey, Shane, we talked about that potential little senior hockey idea. If we did that, mm-hmm. we'd have to get Richie Brothers on board. Maybe they'd be like the uh, the uh, cabaret sponsor. Oh, that'd hey, be good. A little Saturday night, maybe get a little uh, poverty plainsman out of retirement, good Saskatchewan band or Hunter Brothers or something. But Quick dick in for sure, me and him. Do a little Dalai Lama two-step with Dalai uh, Lama two-step. This is yeah. K. The Hunter brothers might already be there playing in the tournament. That'd be Jars easy. Out. Hey, no, no, sticks, no sticks and gas if you're already playing in the tournament for the band. Yeah, that's right. That's a good idea. Well, you know, good we could idea. do a little uh, celebrity Friday night game, invite the Hunter brothers, get belts out there wheeling and uh, dealing. But yeah, anyway, Richie brothers, uh, I'm sure that's something they'd like to be a part of. I'd try and do what I could to to make that happen. But uh, of course it is auction season guys. As, as belts knows, I talk about how busy I am all the time. I don't yeah, have kids. So uh can't imagine how busy I would be if I did like you guys, but uh, yeah, things are busy with auction season. Equipment prices are, are astronomical right now. Sellers uh, doing good selling gear right now, rbauction.com. And uh, I'm going to talk about this a little more as the winter comes on, but uh, signed a big, Got a big sale coming up in January, guys, in Torquay, Saskatchewan. Give them, give myself a little plug there. A uh, bunch of farm equipment, and I think it's uh, 61 quarters of farmland. So 
Got any investors listening in right now or any uh, people looking to pick up some farmland? That's happening in January out of Torquay through Ritchie Brothers Auctioneers. Maybe the Nooner, Nooner should invest in some farmland. Not a bad idea. It's a good play. Hey, get the Nooner boys owning some farmland, Babs. Can you imagine that on the RM map? <laughs> Monday Nooner podcasting. <laughs> one little quarter, one little quarter of pasture. Oh, oh it's funny. With a bunch of broke down RVs on it. GW <laughs> cans everywhere. All oh, the neighbors freaking love us. And Last Mountain Distillery whiskey bottles. I'd have those later on. Hey, and speaking of that, they have brand new whiskey out. I got one the other day from Braden, had a sip last night with a little bit of Pepsi. I like it pretty stiff, and it was uh, Deluxe, best one yet. Absolutely enjoyed it. So uh, if you're drinking whiskey, support local. Go to the go to the liquor store. Go out to Last Mountain. Pick up yourself a bottle of their new whiskey and all the delicious flavors that uh, that the Last Mountain has for you. Pause. You know what? Hey, uh, I hear that. I hear the call up has done lots for Babbings, and he's ready. He like basically said, "Belts, I'm doing the tirade tonight. Don't worry about it. Like he's got it under control." Babs, take it away. Basel read us out for high tech, but take it away, Babs. Give her. Just, just put her on my shoulder, boys. I'll, I'll take us home. Um, Areas to the promised land. Love it. Land. So I want, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, in the tirade. I don't know if it's a tirade or it's a, a preemptive tirade. Let's call it a preemptive tirade. We're going to be All proactive right. here on the nooner. That's what we're. That's what we're going to do. So I think as the season starts, get started here, and 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 all these leagues are. Uh, all these leagues are, um, you know, double vaccinated. Uh, I think there's there's definitely some teams that are finding out that even though they mentioned a couple months ago that you're going to need to be vaccinated, well, ho- ho- holy shit, guys actually aren't vaccinated, and and now what do you do, right? Do you do you, do you follow the rules or do you not follow the rules? And and I think um, my my message is is that as a senior hockey community, we need to make sure we follow the freaking rules this year. Um, and just be very, very cautious. I, I know that, um, you know, a lot of this is being looked after by the teams, by managers. And, and you know, there's there's always that desire to win. And and uh, sometimes that desire to win crosses some lines. And, and this is one that I don't think we can afford to cross this year. So um, I know we have uh, we have some guys that I uh, that that I have instructed to stay home from practice until until they're ready to go and and uh, weren't all happy about that. But um, it's just it's what we have to do to stay credible and to stay playing. So uh, not really a tirade, but it's a, a proactive precautionary message of let's not f this up. Let's keep this season going because if something happens um, and and it. Yeah, uh, there, there's some some looking into it, and and the rules weren't followed. It's not going to end well for the rest of us. So, that's uh, that is my message. We like it. And hey, speaking of that, Regina has now made uh, coming November first. You have to be vaccinated to get into the rinks. So they uh, they have done that as well. There you go. Tirade uh, this week. And as, as it always is brought to, you don't, you didn't get as fired up as Shane does sometimes. I didn't see the yeah. veins in your forehead, Babs. Like you yeah, were it's calm, all- <laughs> cool and collected, which I respect. Okay, you'll learn. You'll learn kid. 
you know what i'm i'm you know while i've been in the miners working hard lots of dry land training i'm still not in belter shape and and i can't <laughs> afford to take the chance of having those veins show up i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm a little ways away from a hospital here belter if something goes wrong he's right there by a hospital i can't fight i can't get that fired up i can't take Ma those chances as boss doesn't like it but Mama. mama's upstairs she's she can yeah. take care of me we're good that uh, Belter's tirade is normally just normal banter, just raises his voice a little and drops a freaking <laughs> this. And anyway, tirade brought to you by High Tech Profiles, locally owned and operated steel processors serving a lot of different industries, agriculture, mining, construction, oil and gas, and uh, creative industries like fire pits and pretty much anything made out of steel. They can build it for you, serving Western Canada and the Northern US for more than 25 years. They're in Regina and in Saskatoon. Um, yeah, work with them. They'll meet your deadlines. They'll get you what you need. High-tech profiles, weapons over there. Boz, you know what? Somebody asked me the other day, can I get a hat? And I was like, you know what? You can, but we don't have any. So we got to get on that because GB, the absolute weapons that they are, big, big sponsor of the show. They take good care of us and they uh, actually get all the clothes and stuff for us. We got everything ready to go. We just haven't decided on on some new styles and new uh, colors, etc. But yeah, we got we got to get those rocking and rolling. For for the record, that was me asking for that hat because I'm still I'm still waiting on my like my contract says I get a hat. I'm still waiting for the hat. You know, and and like you guys are asking asking me, Babs, what have you done for me lately? And I'm like, where's my freaking hat? What have you done for me lately? Hey, winter's coming, Babs. What about a nice? What about yeah. a nice? Took. Stay tuned. We limited for a limited, limited edition. edition. Babs, oh. Would you rather have a hat or a toque? Limited edition too. Lots of people have that have this hat, but you want the no, limited no one edition. One has the toque. toque. Well, no given I've toque. got, given that I've got limited hair on my head, I best get the toque. Nice. See, we're always taking care of you, buddy. Yeah. So You're thanks. always talking about taking care of me. That's different. <laughs> different. Talk <laughs> is cheap. Let's Talk go. Yeah. Thanks to uh, GB Construction out of Kipling, Saskatchewan, another company that's Saski-based but serves uh, Western Canada. Alan Batters and his team out there, big uh, partners of ours, and we're really happy to, to work with them. And speaking of working with people in different teams, I wanted to give a shout-out before we wrap up the show, the Kenora Cobras. They're a senior hockey team. They reached out. They're reaching out to our buddy Hubs from GW about the beer deal for the season. So shout-out Cobras. Uh, Thanks for jumping on board. Anybody else wants to get their team signed up, message us. We will get you in contact with Great Western Brewing. Save you some uh, money. Get you some bonus brewskis for the year. Great show, boys. Babs, thanks for hopping on, man. It's always a pleasure when you come uh, when you come dialing down here. And uh, hey, you know what? You know what was also funny? I was going to mention before we, before we check out of here. Chesney talking about the old school basements in the interview. Boz? I won't give it too much. Well, I've, we can give it away now because you've already heard the interview. But he's talking about the shuffleboard table and the panel. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, Myrna. I was like, Sweet Merns. We love her. Can't wait to rock and roll. You know what? I've oh. forgotten. Take a seat. Sorry, Babs. Go ahead. I, I got to. So I got to. That reminds me. I, I was I was cruising home from Moose Jaw for, for the other the other day and listening to some old pods. And uh, you had Croker on and he was talking about licking numbers. Shuffleboard, shuffleboard <laughs> table or shuffleboard salt. Like, was that for real? Was like, was he uh, serious? Like, he's a I weird dude. He's a weird guy. Like, people do that. Like that. That's a thing. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I if I did stuff like that, I wouldn't admit it on a podcast. That's for sure. 
you know what belts in uh, back to Chesney there yeah. forgot to mention, take a seat. When he said oh, yeah. in the interview, he says, well, so I like coming on pods. Like I asked him about, well, Babs, I don't know if you heard the interview because uh, you weren't around for that and the show's just releasing, but said, uh, I like having only coach junior A because it lets me do stuff like your guys' podcast. If I was the coach in Long Island, I wouldn't be doing your show. I was going <laughs> to cut in and say, we actually had the coach of Long Island, Barry Trotz, take a seat, Chesney. <laughs> but I didn't, but I was, yeah. Anyways, take a, take a seat. Take a seat. We love Donnie though. He was a beauty. Okay, a couple more things, Belts, that we got to mention before we wrap up. Uh, talked right. about them off the top of the show. Title sponsor. I know yes. they've worked, uh, been good partners of you and your vehicles. Rosetown, yep. Mainline Motors, Mainline GM. They've got uh, that little electric bike giveaway going on. That's going to be drawn before Christmas. So you can get in that draw if you buy a newer used vehicle at Rosetown Mainline. And Mainline Chrysler, they've got a uh, little deal there. If you order a new vehicle from Mainline Chrysler, they're going to match your deposit with a gas card Ooh. for a thousand bucks. So we all know that the uh, gas bills have been hurting the old pocketbook lately, the fuel uh, fueling up. So save a thousand bucks there. Check out all their inventory on one site rosetownmainline.net or mainlinechrysler.ca. One of those two sites. Sorry. So uh, check them out. Rosetown, uh, Saskatchewan belts. And before we go, Belter, one more. I want you to give another plug to our newest sponsor because uh, they've stepped up huge and jumped yeah. on the senior program. Yeah. General Well Servicing down, uh, down by Carniff, the Carniff area. They are looking for workers. It's buzzing down there. If you guys are looking for work, good paying too. Like it's good cash. More than more than Babs makes uh, on the call up to the pod. So yeah, give uh, give Fowler, Mister Mike Fowler f- at Foul Supper. If you can't find him, just at Foul Supper on Twitter. Give him a shout out. He'll uh, he'll get back to you and hire you up. So no big shout out to those guys. We we love having them involved with the show. They're a bunch of senior weapons, and they're looking for senior players as well. So love having them. Gonna leave uh, the last word uh, to you, Babs. But did want to give uh, a plug for the band we're gonna play on the way out. A Saskatchewan band. Mentioned they'd be awesome for a cabaret. This takes a lot of people back to Fort Whoopup way back in the day at uh, the Craven Country Jamboree. So over to you for the last words. Babs, thanks for coming on again this week. Appreciate it. It's uh, it's always good, boys. I think everybody in the province looks uh, looks forward to this this podcast every week. And, you know, with senior hockey coming around, the, uh, the, the japping is just going to get better from here on in. So can't wait to hear what you guys come up with on the, uh, on the senior hockey top 10. And uh, I can't actually wait even more so to let you know that it's uh, wrong. So um, me and everyone else will disagree with it. It's going to be beautiful. Can't wait. I can't wait to see how many people want to kill Boz after it. That's the best. He does like, he, I don't even know if he's still allowed in Crake yet. So I stopped awesome. at the gas station there Did on you? my way to Eric Church. Had a disguise on. I didn't want the guy to see me. It's like that old garage the, gas the station. Nose, the nose with the with the mustache and the fake glasses. The, old, the one piece disguise. Will you meet me in the end? Will you love me just a little? Just enough to show you care. Will I try? Make 
keep on thinking about you Sister Golden Hair Surprise And I just can't live without you Can't you see it in my eyes?